0: Greetings program, hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 92. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my pulchritudinous, sesquipedalianistic and enjoyable <laughs> guest co-host, John Burton. Welcome, John. Welcome and
1: greetings programs, and thank you greetings. very much for having me back
0: again. Yeah. You're welcome. It's, it was great talking to you last time. That was one of the longest uh, longest episodes we've had, so I'm very, very happy to have you back.
1: I think it's because you and I are used to doing 90-minute shows. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay, let's, uh, this is standard for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, I think the shortest episodes here has been something like 19 or 20 minutes, and uh, we have had one that was over an hour before, but I don't think we made it all the way to a minute 10. Like I'm sure there was a lot that. more action in that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots going on in some of these scenes.
0: Alright, so what happens in this minute? We get the last time lapse of the city and its lights and the credits start a rolling Now this minute starts with the last actual footage of the film as we fade to black over the time lapse shot of the time lapse shot of the sundown tonight in the big city. And I don't think the city's never named, I don't think. It's just intentionally just Big City USA to make it more sort of Urban accessible. Yeah, it's not West Coast or East Coast per se, yeah. even though there are a lot of cultural markers that put it in California for me, even though that's not specifically... Stated a lot of allusions to Silicon Valley and mm. companies starting in garages and the like. Uh, like uh, that's Dr. Walter Gibbs is like, I I remember when this company started in my garage. Sometimes I wish I was back in that garage, you yeah. know. And uh, and Dillinger's like that can be arranged. And that was like... <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it, Wozniak for sure. And oh, uh, for and sure, Jobs, you know. Yeah, and, and for that matter, uh, you know, uh, Gates and and the folks that he was working with. That it, it, yeah. it was all garage stuff.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, Disney too. Actually, oh really? Got started in a garage. Is something I found out.
1: Wow, garages, man. It's important. You need garages. You want to do something? Have a garage. Get a garage, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) Got to get yourself a garage. (laughs) Oh, you're doing a startup, but you don't have a garage. Ooh, I don't know if this is gonna work. Is this gonna work? Yeah,
1: I I don't. I don't see a vision here. (laughs) I don't know. I don't like, know, man. The place where cars used to be is what you need.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but this fade out also says something else to me, something a little philosophical. Like, as the light fades and the only things that stand out are the actual lights of the city, mm. uh, they stand out in similar color schemes to what, what we're used to from the grid. You know, these like reds, aquas, yellows, blues, like in the sky, we even see, like you were saying, the shooting stars of airplanes coming in for a landing Mm -hmm. that are like the the little shooting stars they had on the um, solar sailor's journey across the game sea. And to me, that's a very clear like, hey, doesn't this look exactly like the grid? Doesn't it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, see, like our, it's us, our, <laughs>
1: man. It, it's us, man. We're like, inside our the computer. <laughs> we're inside. Like,
0: we're we're our society is the same as their society. Like, we have our own fight against our own MCPs, and we can break the rules and think for ourselves and rise above our programming. Like, this was all a metaphor, but I, I, I think beyond that, it implicates that we too might have users above us in a world we can't possibly comprehend and that they too might have their own power struggles and power imbalances going on. I mean, that gets a little Mount Olympus, so Mm -hmm. I'm not super sure about that. Well,
1: I think there's definitely some of that in, in the film Overall, though, I mean, you know, th- there's a couple of moments where absolutely there's the, you know, I fight for the users and, you know, I yeah. I am here because of the users and other people are like, you, you believe in that stuff? That's crazy. Like, come on. That's, that's yeah. not real, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta be down here, boots on the ground. This is where life is. You know, it's like, no, no, there's something else out there you True. know and some of them are seen as religious zealots some of them are the the monks in the towers that are kind of mm-hmm. well those guys you know they, they the stuff they talk about doesn't even make any sense and then there's people that are like no no this is this is legit this is real this is why i
0: do it you know what an interesting idea like i like the idea like i've, al- I've always seen tron as like uh not a zealot but like a missionary yeah you know like ultra focused and has like a uh like a, what was it? One of the guys called it. He has like a Gnostic theism. Mm, sure. Like he's like he he speak he literally speaks to his god in a way that like, like like nobody nobody does. Like he actually says hello, and the god's like hello. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Like, Wow. That Whoa. doesn't that doesn't get to happen in this world. But <laughs> but I like the idea that you're saying that maybe you know a belief in the users is synonymous with just being a wild eyed imaginative. Visionary dreamer kind of thing of mm-hmm. like, here is the abstract that I believe in, which is what that I want to pursue. Yeah, Whereas, in the world of know, the grid, uh, you know where there
1: is only what you've been told, right? There is yeah. there is only the parameters that have been set. There is only the variables you have been offered, and that's it. And mm-hmm. and the idea of anything beyond that is, uh, literally rule breaking, which. You know, any, anything within any complex system that has been manufactured, they have rules and they're really strict. And going outside those rules is something that can be, can be amazing, but can also be very dangerous. And yeah. Especially if you've got some kind of over, uh, overarching power that, that is like, no, you only know what I've told you. Stop making stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't randomly think of things. Uh, yeah. only do what I've told you and that's it. And I, I, in, in their rewatch for me, there was uh, some stuff about thinking about Flynn and that he's sort of the one continuous consciousness that he knows his own life and, you know, from, from before. And he remembers mm-hmm. kind of what's going on, but he also has his own personality and his own decisions about things. And yeah. when other people tell him other facts, it can change him or he can decide that's not true, which... The, he can reject it. Yeah, he can be he like, can no. He can say, no, I'm going to no. fight. And they're like, well, yeah. that's not what we do though. We, just, we yeah. just stay here in these cells and then they take us out and, and we go fight and I guess we die. And it's like, no, no, I'm going to do something else. And and that's sort yeah. of, what? What do you mean something else? There's no something else, man. <laughs> and that's,
0: that's what they, they talk about it on the creator's commentary that it's not entirely clear in the film, but what the, what the director wanted to make clear was that like Ram and Tron would have just kept playing games until they died
1: yeah for sure yeah because that's that's
0: that's their rebellion is that they never lose yeah yeah right they're they're the gladiators
1: it's it's literally the arena sport and they are the gladiators and 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 if
0: it wasn't yeah if it wasn't for Flynn saying hard left yeah I'm doing something that nobody does yeah who's coming with me that's like so he He's got the free will and the hope and uh and the the choice making and the rule breaking that that Tron doesn't have, even though Tron's super powerful, so
1: mm-hmm. yeah, for sure cool
0: yeah really really good, really good uh point, oh jeez, was there something else there oh yeah, that was it, like Sam, I had Sam on, and he was talking about when. You know, I hate to disappoint you, pal, but most of the time that's the way it is for users too. And it's like, well, you know how it is. You just yeah. keep doing what it is you think you're supposed to be doing no matter how crazy it seems. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Tron's like, well, that's the way it is for us. But I thought that... You've said something were, else. You're enlightened, right? You know, and he's like, Nah, not really. And I always took that as like a direct, like he's saying... That this was a commentary about God—that it was like mm. the 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 God or gods above us, um, you know, are doing their best, <laughs> they, and they're like, in we an don't abstract know either. That, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we don't know either. Like they're in an abstract that we can't possibly comprehend, but they are—they do—they are going through their own struggles mm-hmm. and they're making their own best guesses. Uh, but Sam was like, "Yeah, or parenthood." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? And I was like, "Oh." Yeah, yeah, sure. It changed the whole movie for me. Actually, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's also a metaphor for that, like, yeah, yeah the you idea grow of, up-
1: of of uh, do I have a plan? You know, because Finn shows yeah. up and it's like, you know, there's a user and they're real and they're here to save us and it's all gonna be okay. And Finn, Flint's like, um, it is. Okay, what, what am I doing? Oh,
0: okay. Okay. How, how am I, how is everything going to be okay? Like that's.
1: Who told you that?
0: Yeah. No. And it's like when you get older and you realize that parents are just winging it. You know, yeah. that's like, that's news. That's yeah. big news. It's like, what? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, you, you get out of your thirties into your forties, and you realize that uh, that everybody out there is just winging it. There, there's yeah. not, you know, you keep waiting for what, what's the what's the term that you're waiting for for grown up or grown ups to show up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, You want somebody to come along? and, Oh well, here's what you should be doing. It's like, oh, good, somebody told me <laughs> finally. Yeah, and you realize? Right? Oh, you
0: don't know either. Oh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Hard left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. out of the arena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I like that sort of, uh, that implication. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, uh, we get this very plaintive and soft version of the Tron theme here by Wendy Carlos, which is so great. Lots of like winds and flutes and oboes and the like, yeah. uh, natural and world credits. and, and air and air. Right. right. Yeah. Natural world stuff. Whereas yeah, the, so much of the
1: audio in the movie, the, the, uh, the stuff that, that I play around with with, uh, you know, music production software, often what we're messing with is the idea of uh, environment and, and uh, echo and reverb. And yeah. there are, when whenever you grab that reverb dial for the first time and start playing with the variables in it, the lowest setting is going to get you this this reverb that feels like there's something right in front of you. Like it's this you know, you're talking, right. you're talking to a highly reflective wall. It's right there, right in front of you. It's like you got a box in your head and yeah. all of the footfalls and people walking around all have these weird little slightly out of phase kind of people yeah. bam, 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 yeah. walking around, which come right out of video game, you know, things bouncing, don't have a boing that's nice and soft and floaty. They've yeah. got like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and so yeah. those footfalls, but they, they do have that kind of all sound is right here. And it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere past here. This is it. You know, whatever, that's what that is. Whatever's yeah. in the scene, you know, whatever is in the scene and on the screen, that's all you can hear. There's no, you know, booming in the distance. There's no wind in the trees. There's no rushing water anywhere. It's
0: very, it's very, very few times. Like when they're in the, um, the dump where they find the recognizer. Yeah. There's, uh, there's birds. Oh, yeah. Birds and birds in the wilderness, and then uh, when they're in the jail cell in the beginning, before they're taken to the games, in the distance you can hear these like volcanic booms, just as yeah. a like, boom. Yeah, but it's yeah. like away, happening far away, happening in an arena far away. So I think that's the sound of the games. Mm-hmm that's like haunting the cells as they wait to be uh added to the sure to the slaughter well because in the in, but that's rare it's rare like, in the Roman the arenas part...
1: they were all being held like underneath the stadiums right like word
0: oh my gosh think about that eh? so you
1: they would hear... be hearing the the crowds cheering they would be hearing you know the screams and and you know the 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 victories and the defeats happening but they can't see mm. anything because they're just all sitting there but you know that idea of you you don't know what's happening yeah. and it sounds like you know my my understanding was they they never knew which game they were going to be in yeah so they couldn't think ahead or plan or practice or anything right they had just these little cells so you know but but to still be hearing it all and thinking there's there's stuff happening out there and people are dying like people are not getting not coming back
0: you don't get the news of what's happening until one person returns yeah and you're like oh so that's how that turned out then yeah tron made it again yeah.
1: And then you're like, oh, but the other guy that was across the hall from me, he he didn't come back. Okay. <laughs> well, Oops. I guess that's that then. I guess he's done. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. He's gone to the retired warrior's palace.
1: Yeah. The yeah. Resolution.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Returning to the stream. Now, uh, we're going to start going through the credits. And by all accounts from the Movies by Minutes community, this is a rookie mistake. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> now. So I'm a rookie, so I'm going to make that mistake. There you uh, go. Plus, I'm like super curious about the team that made this uh, incredible film. So mm-hmm. you'll be getting the like John. You'll be getting the lead cast and big players. So I, <laughs> okay. I'm hoping that it won't be too uh, too boring, but we'll see. No, we'll no. see what we can uh, see what we can find well, as we go. Through. I,
1: I did I did flip through them, and and there were a couple of names that that I do recognize as like oh yeah no for sure that that person you know probably was already huge before. And went yeah. on to be even bigger afterwards. Um, yeah, sure. You know, and then there's others that I'm like, I I bet that person is still working, or you know, I bet they had a long and glorious career, and we're able to say, you know, I worked on Tron. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I worked yeah. on Tron when I was
0: 23. They're like, whoa, dude, no way. <laughs> it's been it's been fascinating coming through and seeing. Like I've been going through all the bit players, like the people mm-hmm. that played like Guard Number Two, sure. and like Light Cycle Pilot Number three. And some of the, like one of the light cycle pilots was the live action Shazam in the seventies. <laughs> <70s>. That's awesome. <laughs> right? And uh one of the guys It's this big break uh, in the movies. <laughs> was yeah. This was, one of the guys was his uh uh what did he oh yeah, he ended up being the star of American Ninja, all the American Ninja, <laughs> Ninja movies. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that where I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and the, or these like one of the the i think charles perserney one of the um tank drivers mm. he's got something like 200 film credits as like associate producer and <laughs> stunt coordinators and editor and just like what like this <laughs> and he's still he's still working and i've like <laughs> never heard of the guy so there's like a and there was um the security guard that mm. they walk past yeah, yeah. like evening working late that guy (laughs) guy. he's he's he stopped working like two years ago he's been he was like the stunt double for danny glover he's been in like you know just all these all these movies so but then there's people like the 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 people who do the costumes Mm. that that will come up to one of them this was like you know one of her first big films but the other costume designer uh this was one of her last big films and she worked in like the 30s and the 40s and Mm. stuff like that and uh so there's like the sort of this, this, this moment in Hollywood history where you've got this, and it's the same with the animators, right? You've mm-hmm. got these guys that are like, can you add some lightning effects to this scene? It's like, well, yes. Cause I added lightning effects to Snow White. Yeah, exactly. I can do that. sure But it's computer It's
1: like, it's still lightning, dude. <laughs> it's still
0: like the, I'm painting, am I painting on cells? Yeah. yeah? Okay, yeah, great. Okay, then, great. Then everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I got so it. this so much old school hand done stuff in this film mm-hmm. mixed with so much groundbreaking. Like in the credits here, they had to add categories. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. For like, well, this, no one's ever done this job before. So what should we call it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like
1: here, here are these guys that have, you know, the, the, these men and women that have been working on this floor for the last two years for this. And what, what is it they do? do like what do you know what, what yeah, is that so... what's the title <laughs> what's this department even called
0: <laughs> yeah so you've got these uh these people that this was like the middle of their career it was the end of their career it was the beginning of their career mm-hmm. and maybe that's the same with every single film that's ever been made
1: but... sure sure but... Uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure there's a, a sprawling timeline i, I kind of wish imdb had some kind of a uh, you know mind map sort of thing of can you map out this person's career for me can you show me you know maybe there's like these four people that worked on 20 films together and then just keep calling each other you know it's like, like oh yeah we need we of, need this yeah. guy uh, there's this guy I worked with, this other thing on and and he was amazing let's get him you know
0: like in terms of uh cyberspace being represented where it's like you know amazon is a giant blue pyramid yeah Google is a big orange sphere I'm like yeah I can see why that never happened because I'm like well who cares? Because you know, yeah, like, Amazon maybe that, Google's prettier, not a thing,
1: it's the people in it that the flow yeah. back and forth and, and where they go it, and where they come from is all if interlinked. You wanted,
0: yeah, if you wanted to go interlinked, cells interlinked. <laughs> if you wanted to go into the IMD website in uh, in air quotes cyberspace, yeah uh and you wanted to see, okay, this guy's career, how is it intersected? everybody else's career and you could create like that mind map like you were saying. Mm-hmm. That would be something that you could like input and then see. And watch a, it do a, that. Yeah. In a VR headset or something. That's something that I would love to with little, little thumbnails on all their different timelines. And, yeah. Oh, this is where they... This is oh I see and then they work together again doing this later and before they work together like yeah here's where they met
1: and here's where they here's where they met here's where they fell in love here's where they had kids you know, like, yeah you can yeah. see their their whole lifespan of their career and and but but it also helps you sometimes see some of those things that you think you know I really dig this scene like this this movie I'm not a big fan of but man this scene is something like this is beautiful what is this mm. why and then you can look at it you know like. Now, uh, when we're watching stuff and you're watching movies in the theater and you couldn't, it it was a long, hard slog to figure out who did what you just kind of had to be an insider to understand how any of that stuff was interconnected, but now you can look it up. And, you know, there's also the, the whole idea of the, um, you know, you, you can, you can pause a streaming movie now and it pops up on the screen
0: who these actors are. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right.
1: And what music is playing in the background, and like <laughs> everything, you know, it's, this chair was designed by. So it's so you know, like it's almost that level where you know it, it's there. The information all exists.
0: Yeah, I've noticed because I watch a lot of uh, a lot. It just reminds me of like I watch a lot of shows on with subtitles because yeah, um sure. you know the, the, when my when my girls are asleep, yep my uh, my wife and daughter are asleep. I'm like um. Mm. I don't want to wake them up. So I'm watching them on subtitles. Yeah. I had wireless headphones for a while, but they kept running out of batteries. Oh, and I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, this is, but, uh, but they, the like the subtitles will sometimes say, I want to, I want to talk about the show I'm watching now without, Spoiling it, but the subtitle itself is a huge spoiler.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where there's like a footstep, you know, a footfall falls behind the main character, but it says yeah. in square brackets who that is. You're like, uh, yeah. Well, now I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or so like and so's voice muffled in the
0: distance, and you're like, yeah.
1: Well, now I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, or
0: there's like a, a a mysterious character, but the subtitle <laughs> refers to them as the murderer. You're like. <laughs> Oh well, thanks for that subtitles. The monster in human form. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, cheers. Good, good, good. Thanks for for that. that. (laughs) Good. Thanks subtitles. Uh, If you you really want to lean into that, if you want to do it for comedic effect, you know, to have it go even further, uh, find the setting on uh, on your your actual TV if you still have cable of any sort, and uh, Mm -hmm. enable the descriptive uh, video. Yeah, the 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 secondary uh, audio stream uh, that tells you what's going on. And occasionally, you can turn that on while you're playing with something, and then forget that it's still on. And you'll be watching a scene, and there's two people talking, and then somebody will reach out, and you know, th- suddenly there'll be this narrator that's like, Bob reaches out and grabs a coffee cup and brings it towards him. <laughs> and you're like, who said that? <laughs> Who's talking? <laughs> what? What's going on?
0: What's going on?
1: What? Why? Why do I? Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, the the whole sort of who who is that? What did they do? Where did they go after this? You know, uh, it, it's,
0: it's all it's available now, but yeah, um, we, it's still in like a your own research kind of. You got to think to go do it, like because that's I mean that's what I've been doing with this movie. It was doing sure. deep dives on everybody's careers, and I've been noticing oh they worked together later, oh they worked together earlier, but that's just because of the like the nature of the a massive. Deep dive that I've been doing on the movies. So. Sure, sure. Well, let's uh, let's dive in then. Yeah. Okay. So the first credit is directed by Steven Lisberger, who of course went on to direct Slipstream with Mark Hamill mm. and uh, Hot Pursuit starring John Cusack. Whoa. And uh, before Tron, he pursuit. did. I don't remember Slipstream. Hot Slipstream, I remember from the title. I oh. mean, sorry, from the from the the, the cover. The, the cover the, and the, and like, oh, the cover way. in the video story yeah because it's it's a it's a older mark hamill and it's a it's a painted painted cover it looks kind of kind of life forcey hmm. kind of kind of b movie i think there's time travel involved i haven't seen it but i want to check it out after yeah. after this one Fun. um and then cool. hot pursuit I, I remember because hot pursuit was in that whole you know sure thing uh hot pursuit say anything that that little sort of chapter of of uh, John Cusack ruling, ruling the ruling the cinema for a couple of years. Yeah, there. it
1: felt like he was in a new movie every two months. he was. Yeah, just, he, was yeah, he was always like, in something. And and but, you go back to his earlier stuff and you're like, oh right, that's him. Yeah, like that one he crazy was summer. <laughs> yeah, like, Journey of Natty Gan. <laughs> like,
0: better better off dead. Like he was <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was in like just this... Yeah. Uh, and so, then then before... this director had they done like a lot of sci-fi stuff before this? No, before this. Like, this is the interesting thing about the inception of this movie, because before this, Steven Lisberger did Anim Olympics, <laughs> which uh, I don't know if you remember, but it was like, uh, it was two short TV series that got put into one movie and it was about a bunch of different animals doing Olympic sports. Like, and it was uh, animated? And it was all hundred percent animated. I think I do recall this,
1: but, but vaguely like. Yeah.
0: I only came across it for like, just like research for this or it was before I started this project. Yeah. but I got a DVD of it to watch it and I'm like oh my <laughs> gosh this is it's got Harry Shearer in it it's got all these like like a bunch of the voices from the Simpsons a bunch of like really amazing voices as they're starting out and uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a very it's very it's dated the sure. animation quality is, is great for 1978 or whatever yeah, it was yeah. um, but the like the story that I mean I've, I've told the story but I want to tell it to you is mm. that like the it was supposed to air with the Olympics. They had a deal set up to air all these animated alongside. Interst- interstitials alongside the Olympics. <laughs> okay. In uh, 1981 or 1980, I think, and um, they were they were really looking forward to doing it, and they were counting on the funds from that hmm. to make Tron. And oh, They wow. were going to make Tron 100% animated, and they were going to do it independently. Oh, um, and then. Uh, for like the first time ever mm-hmm. at the height of the cold war yeah. because the olympics were being held in moscow they didn't go uh carter boycotted the olympics yep. and was like we're not going to telecast it and no no athletes are going to go and mm-hmm. so lisberger was like what? yeah <laughs> what do you mean we're not <laughs> <So> going <laughs> that that uh, that deal fell through wow. and so then they had to shop the concept of tron around yeah. Going like, ooh, who's gonna take this bizarre out there? Thing? Supposed so they, animated, it's supposed to be animated, but we've got the money so, for it now. <laughs> and they went to all these studios, they went to the more bizarre out there studios. So Disney was like twentieth on their list because they're like, Well, Disney will never say yes to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's but at the at the time, uh there was New Blood in Disney and the Fox uh the Fox and the Hound that had done well, their last really big hit was the Robin Hood Mm. Uh, robin hood but even the robin hood movie they were showing that they started to cut corners yep yeah the animation wasn't as high quality it was no jungle book yep the, the they, they were reusing
1: stuff i know for uh there there's yeah i've seen those side by sides where they're like yeah here's Maid Marian dancing here's you know i can't even remember the other character from from the yeah. other disney movie but like here's so-and-so dancing notice anything and it's identical it's identical it's just so, a costume change it's like the same it, frames
0: <laughs> it did well but like the the nine old men or whatever they yeah. were the 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 top I yeah. mean, we, we go in, go into that a little bit later in more detail but they were retiring like mm-hmm. two of them were two of them had passed away already by the time tron came out and uh the rest of them were retiring so that Whole like new ones were being trained, but they had their own voices and they wanted more money. And so there was this flux happening for the animators and tech was changing quickly. Yeah. So nobody really knew the future there. And their, their live action stuff was just going straight into the toilet. Like Mm -hmm. every, every live action release they were doing that was coming out was just like, like dying. And so they were like, okay, we need something refreshing and we need something because Disney was seen as your, this is your dependable this yeah. is what your parents and grandparents watched That the kids the, the music of the kids was all like you know kiss and uh you know foreigner i guess so like all this kind of like rock and uh so this whole family friendly entertainment thing was was kind of going by the wayside and being seen as quaint so they needed something new and the black hole did pretty good mm, yeah yeah and so it's another once weird the one the black hole did good another weird one but it did well and yeah. they were like okay well, we need something else that's weird. And like everybody was talking about Star Wars, and so the time was ripe. And so the guy like got this concept for Tron and was like, sure, let's do it. And sort of Lisberger and everybody were like, I'm sorry, Disney said yes? Yeah, wait, who? <laughs>
1: yeah, how is and, that possible?
0: Uh, and so that's how that all, there's a real confluence of events hmm. that I think, again, must happen with any movie. But the, the, the confluence of events that led to this movie coming into being are, are, are pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So... So that's that's pretty cool. And before La- Animal Olympics, he did a, a short called Cosmic Cartoon in 1973, and it's very like, uh, am I high right now? You know, like <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, I, I uh, bet if I, I bet if I saw it, I, I'd probably have that. Oh yeah,
1: this moment. But maybe uh, it, it brings I, I, nothing to mind right now. Yeah,
0: I I didn't, but it's uh it's very very 70s. Wow. Really really well done and very detailed. Like a lot of work obviously went into it. But. Sure. Um, And from what I've been able to glean on my research, though, like, like, Steven seems to be a really, really cool, creative-driven guy Mm -hmm. who, like, rose to the challenge like a number of times. Like, taking Tron from an animated film to live action at Disney, moving his entire animation studio, uh, a huge thing to contemplate, let alone to helm, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. there's... A great extra on the Blu-ray DVD anniversary release, and under the Extras tab on Disney Plus, mm. of of him taking his now uh, early twenties son <laughs> through the through the Disney archives of Tron. Oh wow! And the, the the two of them go through all the concept art, sure. uh, stills, the behind the scenes photos, and stuff like that, sketches. It's really nice to see him show his uh, his son stuff from thirty years ago. It's a it's a fantastic. Uh, oh, definitely fantastic have to check that show. out. Very yeah, cool. it's real good. Next up, we get the screenplay credit by Steve Lisberger and uh, story credit by Stephen Lisberger and Bonnie McBird. Now, if I read it all correctly, there's a little bit of a bad blood here about this uh, this credit. Like, mm. Bonnie says that she wrote a really large percentage of the screenplay, uh, but folks say that after all the rewrites, no, uh, that the can't really be left. said anymore. Uh, like, It's kind of like there's a bit of a he said, she said thing sure. going on. And a worst... It sounds like she got a little bit uh, stiffed, but it might be like subjective. Like I do, like she wanted to go, it it sounds like she really wanted to go more comedic with it. Like she wanted Mm. to have Robin Williams as Flynn.
1: Kind of slapsticky.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, like two of the, Advisor, there was like two animated advisors to the MCP called uh, Frickin Frack, I and mean, they were like animated. <laughs> wow! And they would they would they would be lippy to the MCP and say things like "Yes, you're MCP penis," you know, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and, which totally uh, changes
1: the tone. I mean, that, totally changes the tone. The, like, the, imagining the,
0: Robin Williams as the lead, I'm like, I yeah. can't, I'm curious in his cockier years too. <laughs> it is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in his most talk manic. about energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> which I mean, that that would be a completely different film and and i mean the the whole the whole beauty of the of the mcp was that it, it you know i i have always thought of uh of, of all the games and everything that were represented as i remember thinking i can't wait for these games to come out i want to play them and, yeah and at the time thinking they're all obviously going to be williams titles yeah right? okay the defender uh sinistar you know mm-hmm. all of these games that uh, you know, and there, and there was one there was, and, and I remember this very specifically. Around that time, there mm-hmm. was a game that I remember playing at the Royal Ontario Museum that was a a Williams game mm-hmm. that you were sitting on a motorcycle style controller mm-hmm. that you could lean. Yeah. And, and you could lean this bike back and forth. And they they certainly made other ones later, but this one was all using uh, William's um, IP in the background. So oh. you, you're sort of on this like rainbow bridge kind of, uh, you know, floating laser road that you're on that goes up and down and around corners and stuff. But there's all these like giant floating... Uh, crystals in the air and all this stuff that was it felt a lot like the, the Tron world where there was kind oh, of right on. geography that was just kind of around but didn't actually make any sense. But then there would also you'd sort of swing around the corner and and there was a gigantic Sinistar head not that far away. And, and you know, if, if you had played Sinistar, that inspires fear. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but you're in a motorcycle race game. Like, it's a very straightforward, it's a racing game. But that idea of I remember playing this game and pulling up beside another one of the, the uh, CPU controlled uh, racers. And it was like, you know, four of them because that's the most, the graphics and the, everything else could handle for who was where it wasn't just Mm -hmm. an endless wave of cars to pass. You were actually playing against other AI controlled players. Um, but I remember pulling up beside it and getting enough speed. And just before the turn went, I remember, and and it's one of those, I'd have to see the game again to know whether or not this was true. But I swear I saw the other, like the the CPU-controlled player, turn its head and look at me before I passed it. Right? Oh. Like just before we come out of the corner, I I, I could like out of the corner of, of my eye, you know, on the screen, because it's huge and you're leaned forward on a motorcycle and it's right there in front of you. The screen is like... You know, seemed massive. It was probably 24 inches <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> um, but it seemed huge. But to see its head turn and recognize that you were there, it wasn't just some little CPU controlled thing trying to go as fast as it could. It was also seeing that you were there next to it and that huh. kind of interaction. And, and then in Tron's light cycles, having that like, you know, pulling up beside each other and like, can I go faster than you enough to get in front of you? And if, if I can get far enough ahead to turn and cut you off, or am I going to be close enough that if I try and turn, I'm going to end up behind you and I'm going to die, right? Like yeah. th- those moments of like how how close are we here and what's the rule and and those sorts of things. And And it, so watching the movie, I remember thinking the – this is this is Williams. Like they're gonna build this. It's gonna be so huge. Right. Right. These games are gonna be massive because there's this movie and everybody like they, it looks beautiful. And if you can get that into a video game cabinet, it's it's a new new dawn. Yeah. It's not it's <laughs> yeah, not vector right? graphics anymore. It's going to be, you know,
0: actual textures
1: and lighting yeah. and sound that's not currently in the in these games.
0: You know, and so that's what uh, I did a little um I did a little search. Here, it looks like that game was called Star Rider. That sounds about
1: right, yeah. But Williams, yeah. right? Made by Williams?
0: Yeah, made by Williams. You win a futuristic motorcycle race in surrealistic settings. Yeah, but uh, it was harder but...
1: to do because it was a full, instead of just a cabinet that would go in a yeah. row of other cabinets, it was like two You're bikes, actually I think. sitting on it. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it's a video played from a laser disc. That's right. So the, the graphics discs. were higher quality. Yeah, so they could
1: have so, a couple hundred it, of graphics. And it
0: had a uh, rear view mirror, which is like possibly the first right. racing game.
1: Right? Yeah, that had a flip mirror so you could tell if the guy was coming. Yeah. So you
0: could warn of opponents approaching from behind. I'll have to watch and some footage was... to
1: see if anybody ever turns their head i we'll have <laughs> to see that because I remember it clear as day, but I don't yeah. know.
0: <laughs> it's got a, a flying mount from Joust and the title character from Sinistar. And it was conceived to compete with the Laserdisc game Dragon's Lair.
1: Yeah, right. Which makes sense because, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but that idea of the MCP, like trying to, trying to do it as comedy, trying to do the MCP as, as slapstick and, you know, having, you know, frick, yeah. frickin' frack next to them, you know, making yeah. jokes and being silly about it um i i don't
0: where would they have come from well her and uh i think her and Lisberger were obviously going in very two different directions conceptually for Mm. the film, Mm -hmm. but she knew her stuff like Bonnie McBurge. She still does. I think she's, she had, she had a BA in music and a master's in film from Stanford and from 75 to 79, she was a development executive at universal studios, reading thousands of scripts and working as a dev exec on nearly all of the projects in development at the time. Right. So she left universal. Yeah. And and it was a
1: Disney, it was a Disney thing for the word go, right? Once they signed yeah. on. Yeah. And if you look back through any of the animated Disney stuff, every time they have the evil, you know, the, the bad guy, they take some of the the fear out of the bad guy being bad by having, yeah. you know, the two vultures beside them making jokes about stuff or, you know, the, the, yeah. the two Tweedledum and Tweedledee doing funny things around the evil villain. Yeah. It's very, that that's absolutely sounds right.
0: You know, it's like, yeah, oh, you, we're you doing take Disney. The, Take the teeth out of the bad guy, right? Like, yeah. you've got to make the bad guy comical, especially for, uh, he has to have a tantrum at some point. And, or, and to
1: show or... that the people around him are not as vicious as he is. Yeah. And are also probably likely that if, you know, if he's at the top of the ladder, if he starts to fall, they will step back.
0: Yeah, they'll, they'll follow they're, they're, whoever they're else not, is in power.
1: They're not going to they're not going to be oh no we'll catch you here and put you right back where you should be
0: yeah they'll happily take on a life of good if the opportunity is presented to them without hardship that's right so there's right, only so. one villain yeah
1: yeah it's not it's not a systemic thing for sure yeah interesting
0: but she uh, yeah so she worked on tron for 2 years though as the original writer as well as producing early test shoots of the live action and animation Compositing. So honestly, it does sound like she deserves more than just a story credit. Yeah, from that alone. But and, I mean, and
1: you said there was a novelization. Was was she part of that, or like did that happen no, afterwards or, or parallel?
0: That was it. Was parallel? It was written by Brian Daly. Uh, they gave him the screenplay, and he wrote the novel based on that. So there's a lot of stuff in the novel that was cut from the movie. I love uh, when that happens, actually. But it's it's in the screenplay. So. I, I love yeah. I, love, oh, it's I great. love
1: when that shows up in the novelization that, and you think, well, how did, how did this get here? And it's like, oh, because they, they took something out or something that was yeah. unfilmable. But you can yeah. write a couple paragraphs and it totally, you got it. It makes sense, oh, but yeah. you can't get that on screen. There's no way to like do the, it.
0: Like the, the destruction of the MCP in the novel is like rich. Yeah. And you're like... They could never have done no <laughs> what's being represented here. Just needed to strobe right. and explode and that's about all we could do. <laughs> yeah. Or like the MCP's face, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Changing. the way it's described is like, oh boy, this is not what we're seeing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Wow. But it's what they were capable of. Yeah. Right? It's what they so, had. Yeah.
1: Lawn yeah, Lawnmower man is another one that was like yeah. you know, the the whole here's here's the absolute cutting edge. And some of it totally translates and, and seems fine. And others are yeah. like, Oy. yikes. It looks like yeah. that because that's how good they were. That's the, I mean, <laughs> they were absolutely pushing the envelope of what was possible, but yeah, <laughs> we've come a long way.
0: Yeah. So these days though, uh, Bonnie McBird, she studied acting in uh, Shakespeare productions at Oxford. She writes mm. tons for the stage. She trained with the groundlings in second city. Yeah. Um, she currently teaches screenwriting at UCLA, narrates audiobooks, and is a novelist with a three-book deal with HarperCollins, writing Sherlock Holmes mysteries. <laughs> she's uh, she's still married to computer pioneer Alan Kay, who she met while working on Tron. Wow, I don't know. She sounds like a hella interesting person. Yeah, she sounds no like a really uh, and succeeding that hard in Hollywood in 1973 couldn't have been easy. So. No,
1: yeah, and, and to yeah. and to keep to keep uh you know that that
0: foothold. Like just yeah. keep going, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So very cool. Good honor. Yeah, she sounds pretty, pretty awesome to me. Um, after that, we get a production credit for Donald Kushner. Now he rings a bell because this guy has a a hu- he's got a hundred and fifteen producer credits on IMDb, but he got started producing Animal Olympics, <laughs> and then Tron, and then he produced Automan. Hilariously Auto enough, Man. Yeah, remember Automan? No. It was like the Tron ripoff TV series that came out in like 1983 wow. where there's like this, uh, nebishy kind of guy who gets, um, I don't know, electrocuted or something. And it makes uh, by it by a makes, radioactive something. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, some <laughs> computer program comes to life and is attached to him. Wow. And this computer program is like a big a uh, strong superhero kind of guy and he's got a something he calls cursor which is like a bit yeah right <laughs> yeah and cursor if he needs a vehicle will draw the vehicle <laughs> and then he gets into the vehicle but the vehicle only does hard angle, 90 degree turns. (laughs) Yeah. Which is the light cycles. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fine for him, but any, any meat passenger, the (laughs) comedy, the comedy is that the meat passenger is always thrown up against the, the window, Ah, you know, sliding from one side of the car to the other. And of course the car is like a, a, a Lamborghini Countach with all its, uh, of course, you know, slick lines. But it, it also, in one episode, he draws like a guitar He's like a, he rocks out at a club in one episode. There's like a, a helicopter, and a, I think there's a boat, but it only lasted like I think twelve or thirteen episodes. Yeah. It's awful. Like, yeah. Seek it out if you want to. <laughs> well, I love
1: though that that it's got the you know drawing the things you know the the idea of yeah. the vehicles being created in front of you you know because you you need them and and you've requested them like the yeah the, the, I, that that was.
0: That, that part was that part was cool as hell. Yeah, I'll tell you that that, that, part that
1: part moment awesome. that moment in Tron. I mean, when when the the bike shows up, you know, or when it when it uh, you know de- around oh. them and they're left holding the handlebar, you know, tell like, me about it. That that whole idea, like a, as a child, just you know, Coolest. you you've Got a, a, the thing in your hand and you hold it out in front of you, and suddenly, whorp, now you're in a motorcycle. You know, like it's just yeah, th- it's it's visceral. It's, yeah, it's, visceral. You know, it's not – there, there, was, there was whistling for the horse to show up, you know, for the Lone Ranger, and that was pretty cool. But mm. that's – there's no, you know, pulling the, the the handlebars for your motorbike out of your pocket and holding it yeah. in front of you, and suddenly you're in a motorbike <laughs> now. You know, Yeah. It's – Like uh, that
0: transformation sequence in Legacy where, he, like, he holds the handlebars out and jumps in the oh, air beautiful. as the bike builds around him. You're yeah. just like – this might be the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, like. it's
1: that moment that uh, you know, in, in the Matrix, it's the Trinity fight, you know, where she takes yeah. out all the cops. In in uh, in Legacy, it's the the leap like that and you just have that moment of like you want to stand up in the theater and go yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that's what I'm talking
0: about (laughs) that's right okay now I'm here now I'm yes here we
1: go I'm in I'm (laughs) in I'm all in yeah and and that that joy but um, yeah that's really cool that the the idea of you know well if I need a thing I can just get a thing to make a thing you know, computers yeah, can do anything like, now. It's like, it's, yes. Check it
0: out on YouTube if you can find for it, Automan. Sure. And it's kind of cool that Kushner went from Adam Olympics to Tron and then to Automan. <laughs> he also did uh, Brave Little Toaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of sci-fi and animated TV shows. Uh, Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> Oddly, it was, no. D- it was It was Roddy Dangerfield doing a, a voice for a cartoon dog that looked like him. So he's all like, oh, I'm a dog and I get no respect. <laughs> Of course, last two uh, too long. There was a uh, freeway. Remember freeway? I, think I remember freeway. Yeah, it was with uh, Reese Witherspoon and uh Joe, who's the guy from Twenty Four? Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, a, a, a graphic retelling of Little Red Riding Hood.
1: Yes. No. Yeah. No. I absolutely know what you're talking about. Yep.
0: I had uh, sure Ringmaster, Sutherland. Beowulf, but I'm a cheerleader. Mm, yep. Uh, Puppet Master versus demonic toys, <laughs> uh, a little-known indie film starring Charlize Theron called Monster. I uh, never heard of it. Sorry. Yeah, um, I was uh, 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 blip. I guess came came and went. I don't know. Yeah, no. And uh, <laughs> but and, uh, uh, he's got a bunch of other like borderline schlocky stuff before he did Tron Legacy too. So he's one of the few people that did Legacy Both. as well as 1982. Well, I'm so sure there lots, was definitely
1: you know, a, a moment of uh, you know, hey guys, we're getting the band back together. You know, like it's like when, yeah. when they decided when, oh, yeah. when when somebody somewhere got green lit. I'm sure there was a lot of well, do you have this person? Do you have them? Do you have these guys? Yeah. It's like yes, yes, yeah. we do. It's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, let's do this then.
0: It's too bad they couldn't throw Cindy Morgan in there somewhere. Yeah, because they got Bruce and they got uh, they got Jeff, but yeah. So there's lots of ups and downs for Donald Kushner, but he always seems that he at least had fun projects with the occasional high point of, like, Oscar <laughs> awards or whatever. Sure. There's a break from 2012 to 2018, but honestly, the guys work constantly from Tron onwards. So wow. good for Donald, uh, That's Donald awesome. Kushner. Yeah. Now, next up, we get the executive producer credit of Ron Miller. Now, So this e- is EP,
1: t- this is the big money guy.
0: This is the big right? money. And now, The reason... Uh, he's a very hands-on dude, but Ron Miller was the son-in-law of Walt Disney. Oh,
1: okay. So, so somewhat
0: connected, a little, uh, little bit of a link there. Yeah. Uh, married to Diane Disney, with whom he had seven, seven children. Oh my God. Uh, he was president and CEO of Walt Disney from 1980 to 1984. So Tron happened right in the middle of that. Wow. He uh, he played for the L.A. Rams in his youth and was a, a key <laughs> proponent of Epcot Center and oversaw the opening of Tokyo Disneyland. Wow! Um, I had a friend that worked at Tokyo Disneyland. Huh. He said it was uh, a lot of fun. He played like a Prince Charming or something like that. Sure. He mentioned that most of the princesses were um, like from North America, right? Yeah, so sure. they were like, but they were like X. Ex- hostesses and exotic dancers. Kind of <laughs> sure. Yeah. So they'd, they'd nailed their characters. Able to walk around in heels and yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they had some pretty epic, uh, Tokyo parties at night. He I was bet. Him. I yeah. could only imagine. But, uh, so yeah, Ron Miller was a producer on tons of Disney stuff, like son of flubber, right. The magic of Walt Disney world, that darn cat, <laughs> the rescuers, the new Mickey mouse club, Pete's wow. dragon. Yeah. Uh, really. Uh, film I'd never heard of th- called th- candle shoe. Oh. starring um, Jodie Foster. Weird. It, like Return from Witch Mountain, The Cat yep. from Outer Space, yep. Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again, uh, The Watcher in the Woods, Herbie Goes Bananas, The Devil and Max Devlin, The Fox in the Hound, which is incredible.
1: And I, I I remember, these are all like every title you're seeing, you're saying here, I remember seeing it probably exactly once. And yeah. Maybe in yeah. the theater, maybe at a drive-in, maybe yeah. on VHS, and that was it. But it's yeah. like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. It's like, do you really? No, not really. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I, like the I, black, I, like the black cauldron. You know, I'm yeah, like, uh huh. Oh, I saw that. Uh, what was it about? I don't know. Oh, oh, you're <laughs> asking me trivia? Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I'm just saying I saw it. I'm <laughs> just <That's laughs> saying it did pass in front of my eyes. It happened at I, one point. I was there. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. I remember it had a black cauldron. <laughs> you know. Uh, Condor Man he was uh, one on that one I
1: I have like this weird soft spot in my heart for Condor Man Oh me too and I I again don't even remember what the heck it was about I, but I remember I the a... the theme of the Condor Man like it was yeah. just like completely over the top and I remember even at the time because I was I was probably in my early you know tweens uh, maybe maybe 13 at the time but yeah uh I I remember thinking are they trying to be serious? Like, are they trying to, is this supposed <laughs> is this, to, is, is this, how unin, is, I think yeah. I get unintentional comedy now. Like I, and, and then, you know, rewatching a little bit of it later on. Cause having that moment of, did I even yeah. see that movie? Does that exist? Is that a real yeah. thing? You know, and then watching, dream? <laughs> exactly. And then watching some of it and going, Oh
0: yeah, this was,
1: <laughs> no, that, that's about right. Yeah. Oh, that's, I, uh, I, I remember do remember it, it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That,
0: That's as good as it Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I gave it a nostalgia research, uh, a, a, a nostalgia rewatch. Oh wow! Not too long ago, and I was like, P.U., yeah. holy Oof. moly! Yeah, yikes!" Because I don't, re- I didn't, I think I remember when I saw it. I was like, "This is so cool!" <laughs> exactly. This is great. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I was mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I was very much. <laughs> I was. uh was wildly off. Oh, Nine year olds are not discerning. That's. Uh, <laughs> yikes. But, uh, and then he did, but he also did like never cry wolf amongst sure. that, like, and amongst a tongue of others. So like, yeah, he wasn't in charge for like, he was in charge for like a good four or five years and that's a bonkers list. Yeah. That is right? a crazy like, list of stuff so, that happened. Yeah. Very hands-on guy. And I, sure. I, like I was talking before, like, like Disney had a hit with Robin Hood, but it was like, you know, obviously corner cost quarter cost cutting corners were being cut. Yep. And, uh, you know, the nine old man, were going to. Um, retired two of them had passed away already yeah like and uh the talent drain that was happening like what was his face uh well who's that big guy don bluth Mm. yeah he was gonna be the next he was was gonna be the next big head of animation at disney yeah he was just annihilating
1: because he was doing such different things
0: yeah, but they didn't uh but he was so he was working for Disney but then he was like you guys you're not going in new directions. So he took like 12 animators and left and became Don Bluth. And yeah. so it was like Oh <gasps> no. What do we like, do now? Like so that that talent drain like they were creating a substandard animated product and their life, their live action attempts were missing like stuff I've yeah. never heard of like Island at the Top of the World. Nope. You know, like one of our dinosaurs is missing. <laughs> There's one that was just called uh, Gus. Gus. You That's know, it. Like, <laughs> so didn't like, even bother like, to make a title. <laughs> like Freaky, Freaky Friday was a big hit. Sure. Showcasing, sure. Uh, like a, like a then unheard of Jodie Foster. Yeah. Mostly the live action stuff starred aging actors from a bygone era. And some Disney kids. And some Disney kids, right? So, and there were shakeups at the top too, when some of uh, like Roy Disney left the board mm-hmm. and then tried to take over later. Ooh. And it was kind of like a recipe for the end of Disney when you look at it. Um, but then, and then after Star Wars came out, Disney was left looking like a like a Model T Ford, like very yeah. extremely quaint. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, the music of the time was like Zeppelin and Bowie and mm-hmm. and. And, but Ron Miller was the guy who produced the black hole, which yeah. I talked out earlier that did really well with a PG rating. Yeah. Barely. Which uh should have been PG thirteen, may I add. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, the, that movie scared the pants out of me.
1: Well, and I always thought there was a, a um like a stylistic at least uh stylistic yeah. equivalent between the, the main uh uh robot, you know, the guy with the with the blender hands.
0: Maximilian. Maximilian,
1: <laughs> yeah. thank you. Uh that the Maximilian and the recognizers like, oh, sure. You know, it was, they were one in the Gosh. same, like that, I that square even, yeah. shoulder, this thing's coming at you and it's got no face. Like yeah. both of them were just terrifying because the, the simplicity of the design. Like,
0: yeah. If was, the recognizer got in a transporter accident with a human, that's what would result. <laughs> that's what you Max get. Maximilian,
1: right? Yeah. And both of them just sort of floating around. Yeah. Right. Their little, just no, there was no obvious propulsion. You couldn't yeah. tell when it was going to move. You didn't. You couldn't see where it was looking. You didn't know what it was going to do. And yeah. uh, you know that's uh, the, the, the beauty of the of the uh, Tron Legacy was they they did something that hadn't that hadn't been pulled off was, was close but had not been pulled off in the first Tron, which was the uh, the recognizers having weight yeah the, the idea that you know here are these things that just kind of float around and they hover and and they've got you know this uh this momentum about them but when when they land when they hit the ground in uh in in uh the, the Tron legacy and just the world ends as far as the sound yeah. that comes out of that. This is a tanker. Yeah. Right? This, like, this, yeah. this is, this is not okay that this, you know, it's just one of them. And I found in the first movie, it was kind of like, Oh cool. You know, these things are, are the bad guys and they're yeah. chasing you around, but you know, there's three or four of them, I think. And you know, we'll take them out in the, in a Canyon run. You know
0: <laughs> and yeah, We're going to knock them bad. off. It's, it's not too bad. You never get to see them really do their thing. Do what like they, they, they do. They, they stomp, but in one it's a fade to black and in one they miss entirely. And yep. then they're kinda of keystone cops yeah. in the way that they they they're very threatening. Like their design is done very well. Their sound and their look. Yeah. The look is the one thing that never changed from the initial sketch to the movie. Yeah.
1: It was just that they always were what they were bang,
0: yeah. right out of the gate. It's perfect. It great. Yeah. Right. And uh it's supposed to kind of look like a gorilla, like an evil gorilla with big strong arms hanging it Oh sure.
1: Down, I sure. I absolutely see that. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, yeah. But I digress. Where were we? <laughs> I don't know. I just I just realized I've gotten lost in the weeds, With too. The e- okay, but here E-D. we go. Yeah. yeah, so, but he was the guy that, um, he married Disney's daughter, mm-hmm. ended up becoming head of production, saw Tron, and was like, yep, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it really shocked Lisberger and his team, because here's this yeah. young, former football player guy. With this weird like, story. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's take a risk. And, uh, and, but they had Disney down as a sure no. Yeah. And, but, but they were the only ones that said yes and that were offering the money and, you know, had the creative teams and had the production, uh, equipment to like do it. Yeah. So they had to like, well, okay, you know, let's, uh, let's do it, you know? Yeah. Amazing. So the, and they, they did a live action and, and Tron's PG too. Like Tron, mm-hmm. there's a bit where this, where when Sark gets the, disc through the forehead. Yeah. The end. Yeah. That's, that's the moment where the the most gruesome, this is PG. This just became PG. (laughs) Exactly. Just straight up Ah, killed that guy in the head. (laughs) That's like in, uh, bad boys or whatever. Stuff just got PG. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. Yeah. uh associate producer credit goes to Ellenshaw now this guy's super interesting his father was peter ellenshaw a matte painter and visual effects veteran like uh, like dawn of cinema matte painter kind of guy yeah. he'd retired a ways back but he came out of retirement to do the black hole wow and but he but he worked on like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Darby O'Gill and the Little People and stuff like that. So Harrison grew up around that and on the Disney lot from when he was nine years old. Mm. And he got a degree in psychology and joined the Navy before leaving the Navy to take his father's advice and come work for Disney. So he was seen as a legacy on the Mm. studio lot, like for better or for worse. Hmm. He became head of Disney's math department, but also did some work outside of Disney, uh, like on another short small indie film that no one's heard of called Star Wars oh forget um, gonna Bill <laughs> and then he did Long Hours doing Double Duty at both ILM and Disney so he was wow. super into doing Tron he's on the director's co- creator's commentary on the Blu-ray along with um, Steven Lisberger Donald, Kuch- Donald Kushner and uh, Richard Taylor and you can still really hear all their passion about it like sure. he was it was Alan Shaw who actually designed these end credits that we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. Like Tron was one of those super rare movie productions at the time that had no opening credits. Yeah. It just, Walt Disney presents it's cold Tron. cold open. Bang. Cold open, right? It's like Star Wars I'm and right Robocop.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So Alan Shaw had to put everyone into the end credits and he was obsessed with making sure everybody got credit because he got left out of the credits for the apple dumpling gang Mm. and he showed up at the premiere going here it comes and then his name didn't come up and he was like i'm (laughs) Bum. Yeah, exactly. I worked on
1: this for two years, and I don't even get to see my name on the screen.
0: So it was it was his choice to make this like digital green font against the black background, and he had to, like I said, he had to make up job titles. (laughs) Yeah, and the the titles he had to make up were like scene coordinator, systems programmer. (laughs) Animation, compositing, camera, object yeah, digitizing, <laughs> yeah, computer <huh? laughs> image, computer image choreographer, yeah. <laughs> our or choreographer, yeah. scene scene programmer, international cell coordinator, what, <laughs> synth vision technologist, wow, like all this kind of, all this kind of stuff. We'll keep an eye out for that as the uh, as the credits roll. Yeah, for sure. And then there's this whole chunk here written in I think Chinese characters for the Taiwan crew. Oh wow, yeah,
1: sure. And there's your international.
0: Yeah, and to my knowledge, that's still like a unique thing in any American movie credits. He just was like, he's like, we need all the names of the people that worked on this in Taiwan. And they said, here they are. Yeah. And they were like, oh, but this, no, I mean, okay. <laughs> sure. What <am> I, <laughs> yeah. I can't say, no, their English names. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't that's have not, them. They don't have them. <laughs> yeah. They don't, you know. The, the, you wanted they, our names? move here. They they use our, our names yeah so and like, well. and so
1: often in the credits uh, when, when it gets into the technical side of things and you know the animators I mean it, it's a testament to how much like the the uh, acceptance and uh, uh, celebration of how much the animators and and uh, artists made this yeah. possible that they had individually named people, not just you yeah know, effects by fXrobot.com people. You know, with, with yeah. no name. Like you, you see that yeah. so often it's like post production by blah and it's just a company name place. because yeah. they contracted and no, you don't get to list forty people in there for you know, the the piece that you guys did that that we paid you to do.
0: You know. Yeah. And it's like no no, everybody did a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you get that like it's one of those things like it's credits. Like the people that worked on it in Taiwan can watch the credits for the film. I go, there I am. Yeah, there's my name. That's my name. Yeah, in an American movie, in a Disney movie. And it's not just some phonetic representation. It's like the actual. It's not not Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah, and then it says it's a Lisberger kushner production. And then we get the director of photography's name, Bruce Logan. I'll link to his IMDb. Tron seems like the highest profile gig that he had as a cinematographer. I'm not familiar with the rest of the stuff that he's got here. He yeah. did some George Carlin and Jamie Foxx specials. <laughs> he did do animation art for 2001 A Space Odyssey alongside uh, Douglas Trumbull. Oh, wow. And then went over to the States with him to be the visual effects guy for Zabriskie Point. Uh, he did second unit photography for miniatures and optical effects for star Wars. So he's this guy, like he's got credits as a cinematographer, visual effects guy, producer, director, editor, camera, mm-hmm. an electrical person, actor, writer, second unit director and miscellaneous crew. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's done dude, everything. Just get in there and do stuff. He's got a lot of talent spread out amongst a lot of projects. So yeah, he I'm, was, he was really instrumental in figuring out the, the technical hurdles to figuring out how to shoot tron
1: yeah well for sure and and so much of it like you you talk about the the map painter you know and and yeah. and backgrounds and sets and stuff and it, it's like first there's the design there's the vision of what's going to make this work and look like anything and then you got to mm. figure out yeah but how much of this can we do like how much of it is yeah. real and and where so we're going to film stuff yeah where are we going to put the actors to make anything look like anything Like, uh, you know, it's, it's not like now you just throw them in front of a big green screen and say, go. (laughs) <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like and and uh follow this follow this tennis ball it's going to be the thing you're going to grab and yeah. uh and then we'll just capture all that and and we'll we'll uh you know render it all out later and it's going to look like you're you know a giant flying monkey and, and the thing you're yeah. grabbing is a is a live baby uh you know yeah. all good you know but go ahead whereas here go ahead. they had to th- there wasn't motion capture there wasn't no. you know um i i didn't see much of anything where they were trying to fake uh uh a uh, uh, humans acting or, or their physical performance no. as yeah. an animation. I didn't see where they tried to like Mm-mm. make it crossover, you know, because I that no. didn't exist yet.
0: And just the one, uh, the shot at the end of Flynn falling into the MCP down the big, uh, colorful tube, yeah. But he's there's almost a,
1: stationary a, during that fall, yeah. He's not moving, it's he's just, just a, like a little, a little, float. a
0: little CG, yeah, a little floater,
1: yeah. Which, I mean, that could have been, you know, one layer of cell animation
0: that they just slid down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure that was the case. I'm yeah. sure
1: they, they did that at least as a mock-up at the beginning. But yeah, for sure. It's it, And and so th- this was, I mean, now this probably seems pretty standard for, for directors of photography, but I'm sure then film something you can't see. Like film, yeah. film something that you get to see the people and yeah. this weird angular wall behind them and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay what's happening like
0: well we talk uh, we talked a lot about that is how that's kind of common practice for a lot of the big budget films these days yeah but it at the time was not a thing yet was not a thing it was like when they filmed sky captain in the world of tomorrow <laughs> yeah there's nothing that anywhere was the, <laughs> nothing anywhere no. and that was like really groundbreaking for when sky captain in the world of tomorrow came out sure and I was like uh yeah but Twenty five years before that, <laughs> you know, Tron <laughs> yeah Tron was doing this like not only were they saying lines they had no concept of, yeah. they were looking at things they couldn't see, yeah. dressed in costumes that didn't make any sense, and it was all being shot in black and white. Yeah. So like hats off to the actors, because I'm just like you're you're working <laughs> under conditions that no one has had to endure in terms of like your imagination's getting a hard workout.
1: And I bet the it's, dailies uh, were really nothing. weird too. Yeah. The, the, what, okay. What did we film today? What's going on? Let's play some of this back. Let's take yeah. a look. Okay. That yeah. looks pretty good. They're like, you know, I'm sure half the people looking at it were like, okay, I guess, uh, doesn't, doesn't really look like anything, but <laughs> sure. You say so. <laughs> uh,
0: six months from now, we'll see the so, finished sounds shot. Sounds good. And we can see whether or
1: not it works. It really looks like they're talking yeah. to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely his face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. That that none of, yeah. And like you say, six months later, you know, everybody's done and working on the next project before yeah. anybody sees any
0: any of what it actually ended up looking like. It was this guy who decided to shoot everything in sixty-five millimeter and shoot against a black background because at the beginning they were going to shoot against a white background. Oh, but you, like, it created like it created brownouts in Burbank because of the the power they needed to create a white background, <laughs> a solid white background in these giant sets. Huge so sets, it was like, yeah. Yeah, like, let's just go with black. We can cover everything in velvet and light absorbent material, and it works just as well. But we don't have the power to make everything white in the background. <laughs> but it would have been a really like a the end result would have been quite different in terms of. Uh, I, I, a, think, a wipe. I, I think I think it curious. really
1: did make a big difference as far as uh, the the performances too. That if if they're working with sure. black backgrounds everywhere and everything's dark. Uh, mm. You know, I, I can imagine that, that from a, an actor's perspective, they were probably also experiencing that we're in this weird dark place. It's, it is it yeah. is night, we are in the forest, you know, yeah. and, and, and we are alone
0: out here. So, somebody else made the point that as a struggling actor, you've probably been in many zero-budget black box theater productions. Yeah, yeah,
1: where there's where nothing like, behind you. There's, there's a square that you can sit on, doing, but you pretend it's the bench, but Godot. it's also your bed. <laughs> yeah exactly and it's the right? tree so when you move it later <laughs> yeah
0: so you can you can sort of roll with it that way sure the uh production designer credit goes to dean edward mitzner and he was the production designer for 1941 nine to five looker tron class reunion home front the man with one red shoe and then a bunch of tv wow. uh, like alfred alfred hitchcock's presents <laughs> remember that yeah yeah, for and, sure. uh that 1990 uh, The Flash attempt that yep. was all gritty, like Gotham or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 29 episodes of Charmed. So he's, he's kept on yeah. keeping on. Awesome. Uh, the f- film editor was Jeff Gorson. Now, his father was Dr. N. Edward Gorson, the original Doctor to the Stars or Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Ex- it was said that he'd examined every star in Hollywood with the exception of maybe Oscar and Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Jeff okay. Gorson was a producer and associate producer on Quantum Leap. Oh, nice. Which is cool. He was an editor on The Incredible Shrinking Woman, which also had Bruce Logan on it as well as a visual effects supervisor. Mm-hmm. And after Tron, he did Magnum P.I., Airwolf, Flight of the Navigator, Can't Buy Me Love, Big Top Peewee, Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja. Pretty hard to edit comedy, I think. Yeah. But um, he did a good job because he also did Little Nikki, The Animal, 51st Dates. Click white chicks and anger management. Sure, good on him. And that it was, seems like he might. He, he might have retired around 2012. He like was the is. the editor. Yeah, he was a film editor. So
1: yeah. for for Tron, I mean, you know, as we were just saying, so so much of it is not there that editing this altogether. It, it if it had been done, uh, if it had been done poorly, I think it would have been incoherent as far as the background. You, yeah. you would never know who's where, you know, and, and it'd be sort of the, the weird, uh, you know, no budget filmed in your hallway, uh, effect of, you know, this is supposed to be a different room, but it's not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now I'm just facing the other way in the same hallway and pretending it's somewhere yeah. else. It, it, it yeah. could have been that kind of incoherent, but the, the editing, I, I guess, working with the, 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 director of photography was able to, uh, keep sort of your eyeline enough that it seemed coherent and consistent, that they're still yeah, but in the think, same place,
0: even though the place doesn't make any sense. Like a lot of like planning went into this. Like sure. it's kind of like with Fury Road, like the extensive storyboards were needed yeah. for the CG. And so I think there was a lot of extensive storyboards that were needed for the live action too. So sure. so much planning went into it because we're going to film this <laughs> and then we're going to see what it looks like in six months. Yeah. yeah. And then it comes out a month after that. So like, (laughs) you know, we're going to send all these to Taiwan with instructions and we're going to get them all back. And, uh, you know, a lot of these, each frame had like seven or eight layers for a normal shot. Sure. And up to 18 for some of the more complicated ones, like the cave scene or the love scene. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wild. They had like trailers and trailers of negatives that they had to like. Just logistically keep track of and send to another country, and then get back. And like, then
1: get back, and what do you do with it ugh. now? Yeah, now that yeah. now that
0: it has been done correctly, now that it's it's all
1: got a, all of its components, now put it back together again. Yeah, and I'm sure what they were getting back looked nothing like what they had sent out. So there probably yeah. a lot of wait. What scene sure is this? Some of it was just what's like, that thing in the background? Yeah, <laughs> what's
0: going on? Yeah. Where are we? Yeah, just have to this the huge spreadsheets. Oh, I bet you know. Uh, so, and then it goes to starring and we get Jeff Bridges Yeah, we've covered a lot already. So I don't yeah, want yeah. to go into his career too much. Great actor. No argument there. Yep. Hell or high water was great. Seems to be right at home taking on the strange and weird as well as the mainstream fare. He was, yep. uh, as we've said, he's the one actor who was like, sure. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah and everybody was like well do you under uh, do you understand it though and he's like yeah man wild let's do it <laughs> let's do it yeah <laughs> sounds good
1: yeah like I, I i've always uh remembered him as uh you know um his performance in starman yeah right yeah. where uh, he was just kind of literally staggering around like what's going on okay yeah <laughs> what are we doing all right yeah here we go yeah and uh, and then later on, obviously, you know, Big Lebowski, but also uh, Fisher King, you know, sort of yeah. th- that trying trying to do the right thing, not sure what's going on. Th- things have gotten very yeah. weird. Stakes have gotten much higher than they should have. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, okay, but we're gonna keep going, you know. And and uh, he he does such a good job of. Uh, giving us some kind of a, a a character that we can hang on to a little bit. So I kind of see how, how I, you know, I, yeah, it doesn't seem like suddenly he puts on, you know, the shining armor and becomes the hero. He's just kind of, this is nuts. What are we doing? Okay. uh, Let's try this thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, did we live? Yay. (laughs) You know? um, Yeah. And and having those moments of, of, uh, you know, that, that it's not, you're not sure that he's sure
0: you know yeah he, he sells that this, considering this, yeah this vulnerability and this uh this this you know yeah it, it, it works really man.
1: well and and considering they had nothing to look at for so many of their scenes and you know that that the 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 victories that they have are things that, yeah. that those actors didn't get to look
0: at a lot of the film is on jeff bridges back that's for oh, sure. for sure yeah you know uh, and then we get Bruce Boxleitner, who we've covered a lot too. He yep. did not get it at first, mm. and then he said okay after he heard that uh, Jeff Bridges was involved. Huh. And he's a he's a total convert. Like he seems like a really great guy, big big supporter of Tron. Yeah, goes to the cons. Goal. Cool. Really wants number three to be done. You know, and, <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah, I still have to watch Babylon Five, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do that very soon. Uh, yeah. Yeah and then the last credit we get is for David Warner who we've also covered a lot amazing actor these three really really brought the film to life i yeah. think they couldn't it couldn't have had a great film without the bad guy that David Warner was yeah uh i think Bruce and Jeff did a great job of being different characters yeah. because they're exactly the same height and build yeah so <laughs> if they had been even remotely similar people would have been who is that now like i had that a lot with um Uh, Pacific Rim Mm. yeah who's this guy wait uh, did we already I thought he already did that yeah there was the father son team that was piloting one of the mechs one of the Yagers and then there was the lead and the lead and the son of the father son team I kept going are those the same guy yeah (laughs) exactly especially when they're wearing all the gear
1: Right. Yeah. And, there's, and, and, there's and in like Tron, that. that's especially true. Like it's you know.
0: Yeah. Which helmet is that?
1: You know who's. Yeah. Who's this guy? And right. and I remember that from the when I when I saw it at you know in the theater at twelve, I I'm not, like I'm not sure I didn't know that Flynn and Tron weren't the same person. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was sort of is is Flynn? Hold on. So the guy that got pulled in, who's so who's Tron? Like, yeah, who's that guy then? Because if he's not Flynn, who is he? You know, yeah, and, yeah. and where? Wh- what's his? Who, who's his? Uh, uh, mirror? Who's his parallel in the real world? I don't remember seeing this guy. Who's this guy? Right? Yeah. How, why is he helping? Is does Flynn know him? Like I was still trying to take real world mechanics of of personal, you know, people knowing each other and put them into that world. And and uh, yeah, it's. It, it could have been so badly handled. Like it, mm-hmm. it could have gone wrong on both sides. Like the, you know, if, if your villain had been too cartoony, if you're, you're a good guy who's really good at, yeah. at the thing, you know, doing the thing, if he'd been too wooden or too uh, Clark Kenty about it, it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. And he'd be like, yeah, well, of course he's good at it. He's a computer.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly, right? It would have been too easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he really, he, he pulled a, he, he brought a lot to it. It's yeah, I did. All right. Well, I'm starting to see why this might be considered a fool's errand by the movie by minutes community. <laughs> I'm just uh, reciting a lot of movie titles here. We're already at a minute fifteen, but that takes us to uh, or a minute twelve. This takes us to the end of this this particular minute, though. Okay, which yep. is cool. So that takes us to the end of minute ninety two. Uh, do you want to come back and do another minute of credits with me? Sure. For, uh, do you do a minute? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I got nothing right. else happening today. I know where I got to be. <laughs> yeah, right on, right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll finish this thing.
0: Me too. <laughs> All right. So, if you want to get in touch with us, go to tronologicallyspeaking.com dot com on Twitter and or send us an email at chronologically speaking. Chronologically speaking, at gmail.com or, uh, or at gmail.com Holy Moses! You know the drill. <laughs> You've listened <laughs> at to all, the of these so far. Yeah, all the usual places. Yeah, all the usual places. Look for chronologically speaking <laughs> on all your podcasters and all that. Pond five for the music and movies by minutes to check out many other excellent movies by minutes uh, podcasts, especially Star Wars Minute. Um, that's it. Do you want to try a little end of line on three? Yeah, sure. Okay. One, One, two, two, three,
1: three
0: and don't, and lie. don't, lie. don't
1: lie.